In him there is no shadow of turning. There is no variableness. He is not slack, Peter said, concerning his promises. I'm thankful tonight. The Lord is intentional. What he says, that's what he'll do. How many of you grew up with a parent, a mama, a daddy, a grandma, grandpa, that when they told you something, you knew it was not a threat. It was a promise. Come on. Come on here. Have you ever, have you ever been one of them count? Uh, well, don't raise your hand if you've been one. Or have you seen one of them counting parents? One of them counting grandparents? Now, if you don't do it, one... Two, no, that didn't fly in my house. My mom and dad didn't know how to count. It was this what's going to happen. I, I, I prayed, Tobin, I prayed sometimes they'd be counting parents, but they just weren't. And uh, what they said they were going to do, that's what they did. And I tell you what, that's the way it is with God. Amen. You know, sometimes... We think about the fact, well, it's just those wonderful things that we think about, all of God's blessings and the goodness of God and all of that. But we'd like to think of those promises. I was talking with a gentleman today, and he was talking about the condition of this world, talking about the hearts and lives of people. And he was brokenhearted over, uh, over decisions and things that people are making. And, uh, and I, we were talking about the end of things and discussing the Bible. And I said, here's what I know. I said, here's what I do know. That everything God said that he would do, that's what he's going to do. And everything that those that would even turn away from him. What the word of God says, that how he would deal with that, that's what he will do. And, uh, but he's a promise keeper. He is a promise keeper. Before we get to the word of the Lord tonight, I would like to remind you and just give you a heads up uh, that on uh, the 14th, and uh, forgive me, I had all plans of the calendar being available for you tonight, and it uh, did not happen. It will be out Sunday, uh, but on the 14th, so you have two Sundays, but on the 14th after our PM service, we'll be having... The church will be throwing uh, Christian and Shelby a baby shower for baby Addison that's on her way very quickly. And uh, we are going to do that after our PM service. We're going to have some cake and some punch and uh, give an opportunity to just uh, celebrate this family, be a blessing to them. They are registered at Target. You can go in. If you've never, if you've, if you've dealt with the registry before, you can go in. You give them Sister Shelby's name, Shelby Blewett. They can print you off a list of what is, what is there. Now, I know Brother St. Clair, he mentioned about, you've got to watch Brother Christian. He might throw something in that list that he wants. Well, Brother Roderick leaned over to him, and he said, if anybody sees a pair of Carhartt overalls on that list, then you'll know that Christian was trying to get something for himself. And so anyway, uh, we, uh, but, it, but you can go to Target. You can get, find something there on the registry. And, uh, and can I just tell you this? If you'd say, well, Pastor, I don't know if I'll have time to get there. I don't get to town much. Or maybe somebody says, I don't like Target. I don't like Walmart. I don't like any stores. Well, I tell you what, a young couple starting out, you know what, what speaks volumes? Cold, hard cash. Amen. Give, give them a love offering. Would you all refuse that? Even though it's not on the list, Christian said, no, sir, we'll take it. Amen. So uh, cash, check, uh, a gift card. Amen. Any of those things would be a blessing. So be with us that night. Plan on staying with us on the 14th, and we're going to celebrate this, uh, this family and uh, Miss Addison, and we're looking forward to that. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'm going to ask if you will to turn with me. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and we're going to start reading at verse number 2. And uh, we've had several Wednesdays here uh, as to between Truth Camp. We had two Wednesdays before Truth Camp, the Lord just moving powerfully 
in these services. We didn't get to any preaching, and so uh, we are here picking up tonight uh, in this sermon series on the walk, the will, the wisdom, and the will of God. And uh, we're going to pick up here uh, on a place where we had left off. And you might say, well, Brother Jake, I can't remember what happened yesterday. I don't remember where we were at. We're going to recap some things, and we're going to pick up right here and just get right back into uh, the Word of God here in, in this uh, regards. But John 15 and verse number 2, when you come to that place, stand with us, if you would, for the reading of the Word of God. Amen. John 15 and 2. If you're there with me, would you say amen? The Bible here says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean. Through the word which I have spoken unto you, abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit." Listen, for without me, ye can do what? Nothing. Without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you... You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Now we have made our reference here out of Ephesians 5 and 15, our central text that we've been reading we had been preaching that text and it says redeeming the time because the days are evil and in this preaching we have discovered and we've talked the fact that the word redeeming there means regain control of the time regain control in other words don't waste time Earlier in Ephesians, you'll find there is a call to the church to awake, to quit slumbering, recognizing the season, the time. He said, walk in love, walk in light, walk circumspectly, and do so with wisdom. Not as fools, but do it with wisdom. He said, in doing this, he said that you might know and understand the will of God. And we had been preaching on, uh, in redeeming the time, talking about stewardship of time. And where we last left off, we were talking about our purpose in time. If we are going to be wise stewards, if we are going to regain control, if we are going to work while it's yet day, we have to understand, Lord, and this should be our question, what is my purpose in time what should i what should jacob smith be doing what should brenda torbert be doing what should wade munger be doing what is my purpose in time and we're going to look at this because there were two things that i mentioned one of those is growth we should be growing and we're going to pick back up on some of this and the other is giving growing and giving we're going to be looking at these two things And so we're going to look at this tonight. Would you help us to pray one more time? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the hearts and lives of your people. And I pray anoint your word and let it rest in the fertile ground of our soul. I pray anoint our ears to hear. Lord, your word declares, he that hath an ear, let him hear 
what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, I pray you'd help us in these next moments. Let our minds be focused on you. And Lord, I pray, let that seed of your word spring up life. Amen. In the hearts of each and every one gathered here, meet us tonight. Anoint my mind and lips to preach. Lord, we want you to be glorified in all things. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. Brother uh, Gerard, we had somewhere, somebody, we got a section of cove lights that just were cut off, I think. Cut off or went out one. Amen. As we look at this tonight here in the Word of God, we were, I, I want to mention a couple of things here that we had started on on the subject of growth. Now, I want you to understand tonight that when we talk about our season and time, I believe that we have a responsibility with what we are doing, choices we are making, the direction we are heading, how we are serving. We've been talking about our walk with God. We're talking about the walk with God, our relationship with Him, the wisdom in which we operate and how that translates into the will of God. And as a result of this, when we take a look at our relationship with God, we have to understand that for many, many there is a misconception that if you ask somebody about their relationship in God or their relationship with God Tobin a lot of times where people want to start with is they want to tell you what church they attend they want to tell you who their pastor is they want to let you know that they grew up Baptist that they were in the assemblies of God for 115 years. That they were, that their history was with the Methodists. That their granddaddy was the deacon and grandmama was a Sunday school teacher. Have you ever noticed that in conversations with people? You can ask somebody and say, how, how is your walk with God? Do you have a relationship with Christ? And nine times out of ten somebody will say, oh yeah, I go to that church down the road. Come on here. How many of you understand is that, that there is, that is a misgiving and a misconception because where you attend church, don't get me wrong, it's important. I'm glad you're here at Victory. Uh, and, or who your pastor is. Or, or what the family legacy or genealogy or church history the family is. All of those things are important in a particular place and time. But Sister Anna, what we have to understand those things do not constitute a walk with God those things do not constitute that that's where we need to be in a relationship with God we have gotten to the point in the place we are so quick to flash a church membership card or to talk about the date and time and place we were baptized again I'm not knocking or saying that there, there are things that are not important things that ought not to be followed through with or follow the example that we see in the word of God we know coming together to worship is important we know that sound biblical preaching and teaching is important it's important that your family do the best you can mom and dad that there is a legacy and a heritage of living for God but may God help us if all we've got to say if all we've got to boast of are the external uh, 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 situations and the and and the, uh, uh, the denomination name and the church building uh, and a title and a this and a that. Uh, friends, can I tell you, you can attend every church in the county. You can be a member of every board. You could have been on every committee and served and had every title known to man. But if you're not walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've not been washed in the blood, if you're not daily striving to be in his will then we are missing the mark missing the mark all we are otherwise is a shell of religiosity Christ addressed this he told them he said those Pharisees he said you are like whitewashed sepulchers on the outside 
He said, you've got every tradition down. You know every dot. You can cross every T. You know every legalistic thing. You know every situation. You've done all of this. He said, but on the inside, he said, you're full of dead men's bones. There was no life. There was no relationship. Christ was saying here out of our text that when we talk about relationship, he is giving the analogy of that tree that bears fruit. He is giving the analogy of the fact that he is the vine. We are the branches. And he said this. He said there's a couple of things as to what symbolizes and what constitutes growth. I want you to understand just as there are many misconceptions about what a walk with God looks like. Can I also remind you, church, is that there are a lot of things that we have misconstrued of what growth looks like. A lot of times, if you ask your regular church member about growth, they would want to throw out a number. They would want to say, well, we've got 150 on Sunday. Or, well, we brought in X amount of dollars in the offering. Or, we run this many on the bus. Or, we have this many acres or we have this many classrooms because we oftentimes deduce growth down to some numeric idea of which we can walk around and boast and brag about. How many of you grew up, did you ever remember the old signs used to hang on the back of the church wall? Yeah. Brother Danny, I grew up in those country churches, and I remember you going there, and it'd say, offering last Sunday. Sunday school attendance last week. There'd be numbers. And boy, if they had a big Sunday, that sign stay up there for a couple weeks now. Everybody come in. I, my wife and I were preaching at a church in, in uh, well, between here and China. That's the best way to say it. And, uh, and we, was, we was preaching revival. Great church. Great people. God was moving and folks were coming out. There was folks from the community visiting. And I mean the pastor, he's so excited. And he had a calendar sitting right there in the foyer. And on every church service, Brother Torbert, he, they would, he'd had the secretary write how many people was in the service. And there was, it was about a Thursday night, Brother Roger, and he came in and bless his heart. He, he, uh, he had uh, uh, glasses and he couldn't see very well. And he'd get right up on that calendar. He'd get right up on it. He said, Well, Brother Jake, his, his, he'd get right up on it looking at it. He said, We had 75 in revival tonight. He's out there. And boy, he's excited. Listen, it can be exciting to see a, a group of people. And it can be exciting to say, Hey, we bought X amount of property. Oh, it's exciting to say we had this many in kids' church. And we took this many to camp. And we did this thing. But friends, that's not what growth is about. Christ said, When you talk about growth, he said, I want to deal with the heart of the matter. I want to deal with the man and the woman. I want to deal with what's going on in that spirit. He said, if you abide in me. He said, here's what's going to happen. He said, that is where you're going to produce fruit in your life. We are looking at the earmarks of growth. Oftentimes along the wrong way. Child of God, can I remind you tonight that you might be in some places in your life and you would say brother Jacob this is not my ideal place this valley I don't want to be there this raggedy place I don't want to be there I'm lonely it's a wilderness it's hot it's hard I've cried tears what am I going to do can I say this oh brother Coleman when we're in moments like that it does not deter the child of God from being able to grow and thrive and produce much fruit. Why? Because, Brother Segura, it's not the climate around me, but it's the Christ that is in me. It's the Christ that I abide in. Oh, we find in the Word of God that oftentimes in dire situations and extreme circumstances, God's people were thriving and growing. And I'm not talking about just in a numerical sense. One analogy of that is the fact that the Bible said that Pharaoh, after Joseph had passed, 
a new Pharaoh had come into Egypt, said he didn't know Joseph, didn't know Joseph's family. And we come to find as to where he begins to be taskmaster over the Israelites. And we come to find he issues the command, I want every child, uh, every male child to be killed. And the Bible said that the more, and I'm paraphrasing, you read through there, but the Bible said, Sister Sanja, that the more they were oppressed, the greater they began to grow. Come on here. The more they were oppressed, the greater they began to grow. You take a look at Joseph. Pits and prisons, ridiculed and falsely. He was lied on everything else. It seemed like everything would come and some would say, Well, Joseph, that's not what your dreams were made of. That's not what you should be doing. I thought you was going to be something. I thought this and this was going to happen. And some would say, This is an ideal. But because Joseph abided in him and he abided in Joseph we find that whether pits or prisons or Daniel in a lion's den or Hebrews in a fiery furnace it'll come to find that when we abide in Christ there's much fruit there is influence there is growth where there is relationship with him there is impact amongst others and so tonight I want to I believe God would challenge us as we're looking at wisdom and we're looking at our season and time. We have to understand this, the challenge that confronts us, and I said this a few weeks back, is that growth is, we like to talk about it. We like to discuss it. We like to daydream and fantasize about it. But very seldom are the elements, listen to me, the personal elements of spiritual growth, rarely are they welcomed in our life. A lot of times we are fighting against it, we are kicking against it, because it shows up in ways that it doesn't look packaged and it doesn't seem like. And like I said, it comes in, in all types of varieties. Some would think it's the perfect church setting and the perfect pastor and the perfect congregation and the perfect title and the perfect this. Let me just bust your bubble right now. None of the above exist. Come on here. As we sit in this house, everybody in here, it's Wednesday. And by Monday, Tuesday, and here we are today. Some of you have been fighting the devil. You've been fighting thoughts. You've been discouraged. You've had your back against the wall. There's been a multitude of things. Hasn't worked out the way you wanted it to. Oh, but can I tell you, for the child of God that would say, Lord, I'm going to abide. God, I'm going to make you my priority I want to walk with you those are the folks that are still going to be standing at the end of the day because the Bible said he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and he brings forth his fruit in a season and brother Tobin it said his leaf shall not wither I want somebody to hear that all of hell can be breathing down your neck every demon can be screaming in your name but his leaf shall not wither everything can come against every lie of the enemy every fear sister Torbert but we ought to square our shoulders and say his leaf shall not wither but whatsoever he doeth shall prosper somebody give the Lord a hand of praise tonight Hear me, hear me. We are often dismissive of the things that bring us growth because it's hard, because it's uncomfortable. Did you catch the point in the scripture where it said that as those trees that bring forth fruit, what does he do to them? He purges them. He purges them. That term purge is another term where we understand for pruning, to cut back. Anybody got crepe myrtles at their house? What do you do? You go out there, Brother Stanley, he said he, he knows the, he knows the, it's muscle memory, isn't it, Brother Stanley? What do you do around fall, winter setting in, you go out there, get them trimmed down, right? 
So that way, come spring and summer, you got them pretty blooms and it's coming out. You ever seen a crepe myrtle untended to? Ugly. It's a mess. You drive by and say, man, that needs to be addressed. Come on here. And the thing about it is, is the word of God said this. He said, he said, those that are in me as they bear fruit, he said, but I purge them. And why does he purge them? So they bring forth more fruit. And doesn't it seem like that is such a, uh, uh, what, what's the term I'm looking for? A, a, a dichotomy. It's not congruent. It doesn't make sense. Well, Lord, why would you cut some things back? And why would you purge? And why would you prune in order for us to produce more fruit? Because there has to be the element as to where as we are giving life and as we are growing, there are going to be some things. And I want to remind somebody tonight that maybe, just maybe tonight, the tears you're crying or the hard thing that you're going through or the situation and the position in life and it doesn't feel good and brother Christian there's times I, I, I just got to say I, uh, Sunday morning I was a blubbering mess with brother Christian he probably didn't know what to do with me brother Christian sister Shelby's up here they'd been praying and I walked over and brother Christian stood up and brother Christian he gives you one of them hugs you know you've been hugged when he hugs you and I like that. Sometimes I just want to stand there and just let him hug on me. Amen. And he hugged on me. And when he hugged on me, I couldn't help it, Sister Cindy, but the tears just started flowing. And Brother Chris kind of looked at me at first like, what's, what's wrong with you? And I said, I said, Christian, I said, I want you to know. And I looked at Shelby and I said, I want you to know how proud I am of the two of you. And I said, here's the reason why I'm proud. I said, I was there. There was some of us, we were there. I watched that man carrying that little casket. And I mean, it, would have, it, it might as well have been a million pounds. Brother Chris, this big, strong man, I mean, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't even get it over to the place to set Hadley on the, on the little place there for the ceremony. Daddy and brothers came over, surrounded around him. I'll never forget that image in my mind. And I, I understand to a degree. I've not lived there, but I understand. I, my heart hurt with these kids, and I prayed for them, and many of us cried with them and prayed for them. But I said, here's what I'm proud of. Here's what, We're celebrating Addis, Addie making her way. Addison going to make her way. We're so excited about that. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't go through some things like that in your life. And some would be quick to point to them kids and say, Well, the God you serve, he ain't very fair. The God you serve, he must not love you. What'd you do to defend him? I don't know about you. And I told him, I said, you know why I'm proud of you? I said, because instead of throwing up your hands and saying life ain't fair, and I'm quitting the church, and I'm quitting God, and I'm quitting everything else. But no, what did they do, Brother Chad? They just let God keep pruning and just let God keep shaping. Because even in the worst tragedies of your life, God will reveal some things that only God can reveal where the enemy wants to torment you and the enemy wants to destroy you I feel the Holy Ghost telling somebody in this house he wants it to be a permanent displeasure and scar in your mind but somebody ought to shout he's just pruning me he's working on me brother Torbert we don't understand it all but there's a purpose there's a purpose in the pruning Oh, I can promise you this. Those kids aren't the same kids they were on this side of that that they were going into it. The Torbert family are not the same people on this side of things as they were before going into this. Benjamin's not the same. I can point at different people and say, you're not the same. Sister Gloria, things have changed. You're not the same woman you was on, on before some things of where you are now. Do we have all the answers? No. Do we understand it all? No. Does sometimes it seem unfair? Yes. But here's what I love about the Lord. You know what? I don't want him to be fair to me. You know why? Because fair means I deserve hell. Fair means I don't deserve anything good. Fair means I should be lost Brother Segura. But I'm glad that it's merciful. And I'm glad he's a God of grace. And I'm glad that even in the he knows what he's doing on my behalf and on yours 
He said, because I'm getting you to a place to bear more fruit. Your season and time, your purpose, and why growth is so important and why you must learn what you need to learn now is because God's using that fruit. What do fruit trees do? They feed other people. You don't walk through an apple orchard with no basket. Sister Mildred, she makes the world's finest strawberry fig jelly. Amen, Sister T. She says, thanks, Brother Jake. Put me on the spot. I'm trying to make you a little bit of side cash, Sister Mildred. Sister Mildred, she's got fig trees out in the yard. She ain't going to go out there, keep her basket in the house, and just look at them figs and say, Oh, ain't that pretty? I wonder what they'd taste like. I, I just wonder. Down, uh, over in Illinois, we'd go in the fall. We'd go into the apple orchards. And man, the apple orchards would be full. We'd go to Eckert's farm. And we'd go out there and we'd pick apples. And Carolyn, she would, get, she would peel them and cook them down and mix them with cinnamon and sugar. And she'd freeze those bags for apple pie filling and cobbler. And hallelujah, I mean, I just... <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'd make an Episcopalian shout, Brother Marvin. I'm telling you. But she didn't walk through that apple orchard and just go around and say, look at all them apples, ain't they pretty? No. You grabbed a basket and you started picking. And you'd fill up because what was coming off that tree was going to provide substance to me and substance to others. Brother Christian, Sister Shelby, I don't know. I don't know all the answers. I wish to God you didn't have to go through it. But I can't help but to believe that somewhere down the line, because of the fruit that's been produced from the pruning, your leaf didn't wither and whatever you're going to do shall prosper there's going to be someone somewhere who needs to hear your story they need to know your testimony sister t i don't know who you're going to encounter in the doctor's office it might be dr mandel himself but if god saves one person as a result of every shot every scan every poke and prod it will be worth it somebody ought to say grow me Lord grow me grow me oh hear me hear me quit all the counting quit all the comparisons quit thinking of how you're stuck and stagnant because life isn't going how you think and in turn start praying Lord how are you growing me here what are you doing because you see, when we operate in that avenue of wisdom, it is only then where we understand, Brother Christian, the will of God. When you look at the people God has used in Scripture, you will come to find their purpose was revealed through much pruning, through much trial, through much tribulation. It wasn't these moments with silver spoons in people's mouth and angels flying around their head all day and harps playing. Come on here. It was David being hunted every day by Saul. It was Moses 40 years in Egypt, 40 years on the backside of the wilderness. While he was there, let me tell you something. God don't need GPS. He is. He's the, he's the bride and the morning star. Come on. He's always on target. And Brother Roderick, he just knew exactly where Moses was. He showed up in that burning bush. And the Bible says that as God spoke to him through that burning bush, it said that he drawed near to the mount of God, Mount Horeb, so he could see and hear God. I want to tell you, he wasn't seeing and hearing God in Egypt. He wasn't hearing and seeing God in the palace. But God will put you in the wilderness. He'll isolate you. You might feel lonely. You might feel ostracized. But you ought to shout and say, He's pruning me on purpose. And there's a reason for what God's doing. Let me say this. It is God's will for us to grow. It has to happen. He said, otherwise... He said, you're of no good and you're of no use. He said, then you're just a branch that's cut down 
carried off, burned in the fire. So hear me. The world's idea and philosophy, they are always enamored with trying to fulfill their purpose and destiny, living vicariously through somebody else. Setting around, hoping and wishing. I get, I get tickled and a little bit disgusted when they start talking and broadcasting every day how much Powerball's worth. That got quiet. I, I hope you weren't out there buying Powerball tickets. If you were... You want to redeem yourself, turn that back into offering, tithe and offering. But they'll, they'll, have you ever noticed they'll take those news crews, they'll go and they'll put a microphone in somebody's face, and it's always the goofiest person in the neighborhood. And they start telling them, they'll say, what are you going to do if you hit the jackpot? Well, I would. I'm going to be nice. I'm just going to stop right there. But they... But Torbert said they will fix her teeth first. I don't know. <laughs> but, but here's, I'm going to move over here. Red Torbert's going to get me in trouble. But here's what, let's get our minds back on the Lord. But here's, but here's what happens. They start getting folks and they want them to start daydreaming. What, what would you do? What would you do if you had this? What would you do if you had that? And they start talking about what they'd have and what they'd build and what they'd, what they'd do, where they'd go, all those kinds of things. And what I'm getting at is there's always this fantasy that within the world, see, the devil delights in the fact if he don't care how much you daydream and how much you talk and how big you talk, what you're going to do, where you're going to go. We got church people all day long. I mean, I, I would serve here. I'm going to go here one day. I'll do that. We got a lot of folks going nowhere fast. They're looking at somebody else They're looking at this person, that preacher, that thing Well, Clinton did that Well, Turnage did that Well, so-and-so did that So-and-so did this Acting like there's nothing else anymore that anybody can do Hear me You and I have responsibility For our purpose in time Our purpose in time I just found out two days ago, I knew I was born July 30th, 1980. I knew that. But I just found out, for whatever reason, I never looked at this before. I don't know why. But the other day I had to fill out something and they made me, you had to select your day and your year. And Brother Roderick, I kept scrolling on the year. I said, man, when is 1980 going to show up? It wasn't that long ago, was it? Forty. Two years ago, I know I don't look a day past 18, Brother Eli, but boy, I was scrolling that year. Well, when I got to July 30th, 1980, I had to push, I had to push the button there to select that July 30th. Well, it popped up the calendar for 1980, and I, I was born on a Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. And it got me thinking. It got me thinking, here's what I know. God knew my day, my time, his breath, brother, uh, brother Caleb, my breath is in his very hand. Every one of us in here with a beating heart and lungs that take in air, there's a purpose for you. There is a plan. We are to know and understand the will of God. The will of God. And in so doing, we have to understand our purpose and our purpose is to grow. Can I read a couple of things and I'm, then I'm going to hush? I haven't preached in a while, so I'm fired up. Let me, mention, let me mention here a couple of things. First of all, when we look at this and I say that it is biblical, it is God's will that we are growing. <clears throat> let me say this, is that did you know that in the word of God that retirement, retirement is a western culture idea. It's a Western culture idea to ride off in the sunset, never do anything else. To where, biblically speaking, we find that while those, it was Joshua, what was he? A hundred and what? 110? When he, uh, when he told, or was it, I'm thinking of Caleb. I'm thinking, am I right? Somebody help me. My mind's slipping me. But he said, he said, let me go. He said, I'm going to take that mountain. That was Caleb. Well into his years, 
we come to find as to where the idea we see that those who are living out God's purpose are doing so to their last breath to their last breath all the way and so when we see this I want you to understand it is God's will because otherwise God says I can't use those that are not willing to grow I want you to understand here's another earmark of growth it's not just that what your purpose is but what you are doing let me just let me read this first Peter chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 say this listen wherefore laying aside all malice all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings he said as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word you know what he goes on to say that ye may grow thereby can I park here for a moment and just preach a couple things there are some you can shout all day long about purpose and oh yeah it doesn't matter I'm, I'm going to thrive I'm going to grow no matter how hard it is but here's another earmark is that when we're growing spiritually we're going to carry ourselves in spiritual maturity there are some folks that you can talk about growth and you can say that you've grown, but can I ask you this, does your behavior, actions, and attitudes prove that you are growing? Because according to the Word of God, if you can't lay aside malice and envy and backbiting and evil speaking, if you can't control your tongue, your temper, your attitude, come on here. If you got more people you are at ought with than you are in peace with, I would dare tell you, friend, you're not growing. You're not growing. We have more teenage drama that happens in the church among adults than the youth group could ever dream of having. Hear me. He said, the only way you're going to grow, he said, you walk away from this stuff. And he said, start desiring the sincere milk of the word. In other words, because there are some folks, can I tell you, they crave drama. They crave problems. I've met people, they were worried when there was nothing to worry about. Come on here. They crave to, to brother, brother St. Clair preached on stirring, stirring up the gifts. Some folks, they pray to stir the pot. Come on here. What can I do? How can I, how, can, how can I create something where I'm a victim again? You got quiet on me. Hear me. Growth comes in a point and a place that even if I don't get my way, I'm going to keep serving God. That even if so-and-so don't agree with me, I don't have to hate them. Brother Caleb, if we don't see eye to eye, I don't have to hate you. And you don't have to hate me. We can disagree. Can you, did you know you can disagree and still be born again? Boy, there's a revelation. Oh, I know you wouldn't pastor the church the way I am, and I wouldn't pastor the church the way you would, but you know what? We can still get to heaven together. Come on here. You know why? Because somewhere along the line, there's some people that made up their mind. If there's anything going to be cut out of me, when we talk about life pruning us, God pruning us through events, can I tell you, the Holy Ghost will also put his finger on some things going on in your life. Your thinking, your rationale, your attitude, your tongue, your temper, the way you are with people, and he'll put his finger on it, and he will not take it off until we get that thing sanctified under the blood and pray it through and begin to grow up and go on in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, Brother Jacob. All right. Hear me. Hear me. Don't get called up that you are the one always offended by something. What a miserable life to live. Always got a problem with somebody. Always got a problem with something. There's some folks, they ain't here at Victor Temple. Let me ease everybody. There's some folks, I just refuse to go to a restaurant with them. You know why? They embarrass me. You know why they embarrass me? 
You could take them to five star. You could take them to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, pay $150 for a plate, and they will find something wrong. They will complain it won't be right. Oh, I better stop there. That's a pet peeve. I could preach for three hours right there. Listen, listen to me. If there's those situations that are going on, be cognizant, recognize it. Can I challenge you to do something? Ask the Lord to deal with it in your life. You will never be effective in ministry and serving your purpose. You'll never be effective if there's always these things. Get it taken care of. And in other words, desire the milk of the word. What's that teach us, Brother Roderick? Have a hunger instead for the Word of God, the things of God. Start getting into God's Word, reading it, saying, God, help me to apply this to my life. Find that prayer closet. I dare you, double dog dare you. Instead of saying, Lord, save Laura. Lord, help her. Lord, reveal something to her. Come on. Quit praying that everybody else gets sanctified and start praying you're the one sanctified. Start praying you're the one that is re- something's revealed to. I get nervous. I break out in a rash when there's somebody all the time. They've been praying, say, God revealed something to me about you. Now, I appreciate when it's sincere and I can feel that it's God-ordained, but there are some folks, they just want to, they come out of a prayer closet, they want to tell everybody what's wrong with everybody. And I'm thinking, hey, how long has it been since you've taken a look in the spiritual mirror? Come on here. He said, desire the sincere milk of the word. He said, take of it. It's nutritious. It'll feed you. He said, that you might grow thereby. Brother Danny, you better come on. Hallelujah. Help us to grow. My purpose, Brother Christian, in this life, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but these two things God specifically placed on my heart. I think it encompasses so much, but God calls us. We read it, John 15, we just read it. It is God's will that we grow. God's will that we grow. You do not reach a place. I did not wake up at 40 and God say, You've reached a spiritual pinnacle, son. This is where you'll stay. No, it doesn't work that way. Somebody once said this. He said, once you reach the head of a class, he said, it's time to get in a new class. Because there's something else to learn. I want to challenge you tonight, church. In our relationship with God. Walking with God. Using wisdom. He said, regain control of the time. Is your life spiraling? Do you feel like there's no direction? Do you look around and say, God, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Maybe right now you're dealing with something that has legitimately knocked the wind out of your sails and you don't know. Been there, done that. And if I live long enough, I'll probably reach some valleys again, Sister Glory, where I'll I'll wonder again sometimes. Maybe, Brother Eli, you feel the pinch of the pruning shears in your life. God says, I love you, son, and I'm clipping this and I'm clipping that, but I'm doing this so you can bear more fruit. Maybe tonight, maybe tonight growth is a matter of the heart. Maybe tonight you and and God know if there's malice, bitterness, hypocrisies, bitterness, strife, jealousies, we can go on and on and on. He said, if you're going to grow, he said, if you're going to get the sincere milk of the word, Brother Andy, he said, you've got to lay all that other stuff aside. Lay it aside. Get, in the milk, get the milk of that word. Get in the word. Get in your prayer closet. Start praying. Take a break. Take a time out. You've called everybody and their brother out on the prayer list, and I'm glad you do. Pastor ain't knocking that. You should pray one for another. But start asking the Holy Ghost, reveal some things in Reveal some things in me. Shine the light of your word in the corners and crevices of my life. Help me that I can grow. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Father, I thank you tonight.
I thank you for your word. Holy Ghost, I thank you. I, I believe you're here to help us. I feel, I feel the presence of the Lord helping. I, I, feel, I feel that God is dealing and challenging our hearts tonight. Church, we cannot afford, we cannot afford, we can shout all day long about running. We can, we can amen to the cows come home about purpose. But until we put some things into action and say, God, help me, grow me. What is the will of God? Well, it is God's will for us to be growing, to be maturing, to be rooted and built up in Christ, established in Him. The Word of God says, describe, describing Christ, said that He grew in wisdom and stature. God's will for us to grow. Tonight, maybe there's some circumstances and things of life that you'd say, Brother Jake, I, I feel like I've been stunted and stopped because it's just not going the way that it was. But tonight, I pray the Holy Ghost has helped you to understand that, that actually... Maybe there's some pruning going on. And actually, if you will just continue to abide in Him, He's that river of life. He's that river that flows, that produces life to that tree planted by that river. Maybe tonight it's personal. Maybe tonight it's a matter of the heart. And the Holy Ghost tonight's revealing some things. If that's us tonight, friends, if you'd say, Pastor, I want to walk closer and deeper. I want to use wisdom. I want to regain control of time. I want to fulfill my purpose in time. I'm only allotted so much. I only have but a vapor. I'm only like the flower of the field, the blade of grass in the field. That's all that I am in the scope of eternity. And what I do, I want it to matter for the Master. I want to make a difference. I want to grow in grace and I want to grow in, in the mercy and the power of God so that I might fulfill that purpose. If that's us tonight, church, why don't we come? Find ourselves a place around these altars. Can we come and just talk with the Lord tonight? Would you come and respond to the drawing, the convicting of the Holy Ghost? Would you allow the Lord to help you? Would you tonight allow God to speak clearly into your mind? Oh, would you allow him to deal with your heart? Would you allow him say, Lord, if you got to prune me, I want you to prune me. Things I don't understand and some things I thought have been unfair. Help me, Lord, to see what it is you're doing. Maybe I thought it's not ideal. Maybe I thought it's not my cup of tea. Oh, but God, this is where, where I am. And Lord, I want you to help me to bloom. To bloom where I'm planted. To grow. Oh, as a tree planted by the rivers of water. Oh, bringing forth fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, but whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Lord, I'll be